Welcome to the Fasting Well podcast. Today I'll be talking about hunger. What is hunger really? And how we can understand it a little better and be able to deal with it a little more effectively. So I'm going to be sharing various tips and strategies to help you deal with hunger more effectively. First, I wanted to mention that I've also written this up as a blog post, so if you prefer to read, or if you just want to use it to kind of review some of the concepts, then you can find that as well. So there's a link to it in the episode description, which is on your podcast app. If you tap around a little bit, you'll find the episode description, which has the link to that blog version. But let's go ahead and get into the topic. And I want to start with a question. What is hunger to you? So sure, we all, we all know the concept of hunger, like I want to eat. But what is it that you actually feel or you actually think? What's going on in your mind and your body? What do you feel that makes you know that it's time to eat? So I suspect this would be a little bit different for each person. And there are various things that go into it, like physical sensations and thoughts that we have. But I would point out that most of us, at least in the United States where I live, most people have never really experienced real hunger. In other words, we're not starving to death. And that's because food is constantly available, so much so that it's kind of overwhelming, right? We have grocery stores and convenience stores and fast food restaurants almost literally on every street corner. At least around where I live, they're pretty ubiquitous. And that's kind of how it is in the developed world. Now, of course, there are places and even little pockets in this country where, where people don't have enough food, but that's not really what I'm talking about because that's not, that doesn't apply to most people and probably most listeners of this podcast. So let's talk about hunger. I think hunger is mainly made up of two things. Number one is our habit of eating at certain times. So it's kind of a learned behavior. And our body and our mind have learned to eat at certain times because for many years, or even several decades, we've gotten used to eating at certain times of day. So if you're used to eating breakfast at 8 a.m., for example, your body learns that that's what's going to happen, and it kind of revs up your digestive system and makes you start to feel a certain way that you associate with hunger, and you say, oh, it's time to eat, I need to eat, I'm hungry. And so a lot of that is some of it's like hormones like ghrelin, that hunger hormone goes up at the times when you're accustomed to eating. And some of it's like your stomach is starting to kind of rumble. And it's kind of like Pavlov's dog, if you remember that, where he he did the experiment and ultimately the dogs would salivate just by hearing the bell, the dinner bell. Even though they maybe weren't even going to get any food, they would still salivate. And so their, the dog's body was getting ready to eat. And if you asked the dog, the dog would have said, I'm hungry. But in other words, the first part of hunger is learned behavior. We've learned to eat at certain times, our body and our mind get used to it, and we experience certain things as our body and mind think that we're about to eat. The second big thing is that makes up hunger is the rhythm of our blood sugar. So throughout the day and the week, our blood sugar is kind of rising and falling just a little bit, Our body's pretty good at maintaining it in a narrow range unless we have diabetes. But otherwise, the blood sugar is pretty stable, pretty steady, but there are some rises and some falls, right? And the main thing that causes your blood sugar to rise is eating carbohydrates. So anytime you consume carbohydrates, your blood sugar goes up and then eventually comes back down. 
So the more processed or refined the carbohydrates are, the faster your blood sugar goes up, so you have more of a spike, and the faster it comes down. Because when it goes up a lot, your insulin also goes up a lot, and then it comes crashing down. So I talked a lot about that actually in episode three. So if you want to understand more about that smoothing out of blood sugar versus those blood sugar spikes, that's episode three. And when I talked about some of the benefits of intermittent fasting. But uh, in contrast, if you were to eat more fat and more protein and lower carbohydrates or less processed carbohydrates, you know, something that's not really ground up or smashed up in a factory, then things like that don't raise your blood sugar as quickly. And so you don't get those spikes and those crashes. And the reason the crashes matter is because when you get the crash after the blood sugar spike, it makes you feel hungry. So that's why people often feel hungry again about one hour after eating some crackers or chips or a sandwich or a piece of pizza, for example. Various things that have a lot of processed carbs that'll cause that spike and that crash. So there's the rhythm of the blood sugar, and there's the learned behavior of eating at certain times. So I think those are the main things that contribute to hunger. Now, hunger itself, of course, is kind of a combination of thoughts and emotions and physical sensations. So I think when it comes to dealing with hunger, there are two main approaches. And one is focusing on the type of food that we're eating, and the other one is mindfulness. So I want to stop here or kind of transition here and talk a little bit about mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness basically just means paying attention. When you pay attention to your thoughts and your emotions and your bodily sensations, So most people don't do this a whole lot. Most people are just kind of caught up in whatever's going on, and they're they're lost in thought, so to speak. But if you stop and you kind of take a step back, and you notice what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my body, what am I feeling, just the different things that are going on, and you kind of observe that, then you're noticing and you're paying attention. And it's kind of like if you were a third party and you take a step back, and like you're looking at yourself from across the room, or something like that. So that's basically what mindfulness means. And there are a few key phrases that I've found helpful, found useful, as it relates to mindfulness. So I'm going to share these phrases with you and just briefly elaborate. So the first one is, you are not the voice in your head. You are not the voice in your head. So we all have these different thoughts just popping into our head, and it's basically like a dialogue or like a continuous monologue, maybe, (laughs) depending on how you want to look at it. So you're not the voice in your head. It's just something that comes pretty much uninvited. It could be good or bad, right? Like a positive thought or something that we think of as a negative thought. But either way, it's not you. It's just something that popped into your head. And so you don't need to be a slave to it. You don't need to act on whatever it is necessarily. You can kind of stop and just observe the dialogue. So that's the the second main phrase, observe the dialogue. And the third phrase is observe without judgment. So there's no no reason to judge it because it's not you. It's just something that popped into your head. So you don't need to judge it, even if it seems kind of weird or kind of negative. No need for judgment. Just observe. Just see what's going on. And so that's, that's when you're just paying attention. Another helpful phrase is, thoughts are suggestions. And I would add emotions. So you could say thoughts and emotions are suggestions. So they're not rules. They're not something that you have to act on necessarily. 
And they're just suggestions, so you can take them or you can leave them. So those are a few helpful phrases I found that, that just kind of help keep me grounded a little bit and help me come back to more of a practice of mindfulness as opposed to just getting lost in thought and caught up in whatever I'm feeling at a certain moment. So now that I've kind of summarized mindfulness, and obviously, you know, you could spend years or decades learning more about it, but that's just a quick summary. Now that I've talked about that, let me go ahead and talk about how to deal with hunger. Here are some thoughts I have about how to deal with hunger. And so if it's a normal day, if you're just eating your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or maybe you're doing two meals, whatever it is, if it's a quote-unquote normal day when you're not fasting, then I think the biggest way to deal with hunger is to just eat satiating foods. So if you have a nice big breakfast with lots of fat, lots of protein, and avoid processed foods, then you're not going to get as hungry and you're not going to have as many cravings. For example, if I were to eat eggs and bacon and an avocado, an example that I shared recently in another episode, so eggs, bacon, avocado, I eat that for breakfast, I'm not going to get hungry for a long time, especially if I eat a decent amount of that food. In contrast, if you eat like a traditional breakfast, I mean modern traditional breakfast, like cereal or toast or, heaven forbid, Pop-Tarts, then you're going to get like a pretty big blood sugar spike and you're going to come crashing down and you're going to feel kind of cruddy in general and you're also going to get hungry sooner rather than later. So that's the general way to deal with hunger as it relates to just the type of food that you eat. But what if you're not eating anything in between, say, in between your meals, or if you're not eating because you're fasting, like you're trying to go a little bit longer without food, then what about then? Then what do you do when you start to get hungry, have some kind of hunger pang or some other sensation that you associate with hunger? Well, I think there are a few steps you can take, and it's kind of a kind of an algorithm, like you do the first one and then give it a minute, and then you do the second one and then give it a minute, and so on. So there's these three main things that you can do if you're feeling hungry when you're fasting or just any time that you're not eating, even if you don't think of it as fasting, like say just the time between lunch and dinner, for instance, or after dinner. Well, I think the first step, if you start to feel hunger, is just to pay attention, just to start by observing, just observe whatever's going on. So you kind of look inward, kind of look at your mind, look at your body, and say, hey, what's going on here? And you zoom in, you kind of zoom in on the physical sensations and the mental thoughts. And something really interesting happens when you kind of actually directly observe certain thoughts and feelings and emotions that generally speaking, most of the time, whatever that sensation is or that thought, it will gradually fade away. It will gradually go away. It will start to soften and and not be as, as pronounced. And that's true of cravings. If you crave junk food, if you kind of just take a minute, watch it, see what you're actually feeling, it'll start to gradually fade away, as opposed to just being like, oh, I have to do this, and this is the only thing that matters right now, which is kind of what it feels like, right, when you have a craving. But if you have enough awareness to just kind of take a step back when you start to feel a craving or something like hunger and just observe for a moment, then a lot of times it kind of softens, kind of fades away, and things get a little better. So if you're fasting and you start to feel hungry, start by observing, start by just paying attention to what's going on, and give it a little bit of time. 
Sometimes you won't feel hungry anymore. The hunger pang will go away, or whatever it is will, will go away. If you still feel hungry, or you still feel like you need something, you need to consume something after going through that part of the process, then start with some, start with some electrolytes, and salt is the big one, so start with salt. For example, you could take a bullion cube and dissolve it in some hot water and drink that. So you're feeling hungry when you're fasting? Try drinking that bullion. And it's salty. It also has a little bit of flavor or whatnot. So in some ways, it's kind of satisfying. But most importantly, it boosts your salt. It'll help with your hydration and just kind of like your overall blood pressure and energy and things. And so it may make you feel a little better. So drink some electrolytes, wait a little while, and then maybe you won't feel hungry anymore. And maybe your hunger would have gone away anyway, but just by having that extra little bit of salt, you'll have some other advantages as well. And if you want, you could also take in some magnesium and some potassium. And those are the other two electrolytes that, that matter the most when you're, when you're fasting. So if you've gone through step one, which is to stop and observe and just really pay attention to what's going on and wait a little while. Step two, which is, well, I still feel like I need something, so let me, let me get some extra salt and maybe other electrolytes. And then you wait a little while. And if you're still feeling hungry, then here's what I would do next. And again, this is kind of assuming that you're fasting. If you're fasting and you feel that way, go ahead and use some training wheels. So training wheels are those little bits of food, small amounts of food, and foods that aren't going to spike your blood sugar or spike your insulin. Small amounts of that food that you can use while you're fasting that won't really disrupt your fast that much, but just give you just enough to tide you over. So I actually talked quite a bit about this topic of using training wheels in the most recent episode of the podcast, when I was talking about clean fasting versus dirty fasting. So if you do a dirty fast or a modified fast, one of the things you'll include will be training wheels. Just a, And it's great for beginners because it kind of helps you kind of get over the hump and get through some of those rough spots as you're getting to know your body a little bit better. So those are the three steps, the three things you can do if you start to feel hungry when you're fasting. Observe, wait a little bit. Get some salt and other electrolytes, wait a little bit. Use some training wheels and wait a while. And chances are at least one of those steps will help you get over the hump and and keep going with your fast. If not, that's okay, but most of the time, this will be enough. By the way, as I mentioned in the last episode, I have a cheat sheet that kind of helps you know what to use for electrolytes and training wheels and things like that. I called it the Dirty Fasting Cheat Sheet, but you can get that by going to fastingwell.com slash dirty. So kind of a funny URL, right? But fastingwell.com slash dirty. So I wanted to quickly share a couple specific experiences I've had where this type of dealing with hunger while I'm fasting and stuff like that, where where I've had to kind of work through that myself. So one of them was about a year or a year and a half ago. I went to an ER shift. So I went to my shift at the emergency room in the afternoon, maybe around 3 or 4 p.m. And I was thinking, well, I haven't eaten anything yet today because I was running around and I just hadn't had a chance to eat anything yet. So I was thinking, well, when I get there, maybe if there's just a quick two minutes, I can run off to the cafeteria, grab some food, and bring it back. And so that was my plan. But when I got there, a few things happened all at once, and I just didn't have any time to step away. I had to take care of some other things first. So for at least an hour, I was just stuck. 
And so during that hour when I started working, well, I was kind of distracted by my work, but I was also noticing, well, I feel that little bit of like lack of focus, like like maybe I need to eat something. And I feel, you know, my stomach feels a little funny, like, like I just felt like I needed to eat something. But I couldn't. So I waited and I, I continued to notice what was going on in my body and my brain a little bit, even while I was working. And what I noticed ultimately is that after about 30 minutes, the hunger basically went away and my, my slight difficulty with focus also went away. And so I started to feel fine and I could have just kept going. Eventually, I did go get food from the cafeteria, but it was, was quite a bit later than I had planned. And so I noticed that I had this issue for about 30 minutes where I didn't feel quite right, but then it went away. And there are various possible explanations for that. One of them could be that maybe my glycogen stores in my liver kind of ran out and then the gluconeogenesis ramped up, which is when your liver makes new glucose, makes new sugar out of protein and other things. So maybe that was when one when it was when my body was kind of transitioning from one phase to the other phase. And so maybe sometimes with the transition it can get a little more rough, but whatever it was, I waited and things got better. So that was one one interesting experience. It was kind of memorable for that reason. The other one I was going to mention is I went on a trip to Hawaii in early 2020, right before the pandemic. And I'd been eating a ton of unhealthy junk food while I was there, like, you know, various, indulging in various things, um, including desserts, but also a lot of like rice and pasta and whatnot while I was there. So on the way back, I decided, well, why don't I do a modified fast on my travel day when I'm coming back? Because I'll be kind of busy anyway, running around, getting to the airport, etc. And so maybe it's better just not to eat a whole lot and I can kind of partially recover from my trip that way. So I was on my way to the airport, and I knew I needed probably something to eat, but just something really small so that I could tide myself over during this fast. And so I found some mixed nuts at this convenience store. Couldn't, didn't have a lot of options because, you know, it's mostly junk food at the convenience store, but I found some mixed nuts. And then I went to the airport, and I went through security, and I waited for my plane, and blah, blah, blah. And that whole time... I was kind of waiting to see, like, well, when am I going to start feeling hungry? Because I knew I had a lot of glycogen stored in my liver, so it was probably going to be a while before I actually felt hungry, but eventually I would. So it wasn't until I was maybe an hour into my flight, and the flight's like four or five hours long coming back from Hawaii, so it's pretty long. So maybe about one hour into the flight, I started to feel kind of hungry. And what I did is I did exactly what I, I was talking about earlier, where I kind of stopped and I observed and I noticed and I looked inward and I said, well, what are these sensations? What am I actually feeling? What am I, what am I calling hunger here? And so I looked inward and I observed a few things. And what I noticed was that as I observed, as I paid attention, the feeling of hunger, like the little you know, emptiness in my stomach and some other little sensations that I was having, it started to fade away. As often happens when you pay attention to something, it kind of started to soften and kind of gradually fade away. And again, after about, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes or something, like I didn't really feel hungry anymore. Like I was like, I could eat, but I don't have to kind of thing. So I ended up waiting maybe another hour or so. And then I ate my mixed nuts and and then I didn't eat anything till the next day. So I did my quote unquote modified fast. And the nuts were kind of like my training wheels that day to get through that modified fast. But I found that just by stopping and observing, it did definitely make it easier to deal with that hunger. 
All right, so let me do a quick summary of what I talked about today. I was talking about hunger. What is it actually? What makes it up? And what can we do about it? How can we understand it and deal with it more effectively? So hunger is kind of a combination of things, right? Different physical sensations and thoughts and emotions. And I think it's, it comes from two main places. One is learned behavior. When we learn to eat at certain times of day, our body and our mind make some adaptations and start to get us ready to eat at those times of day, like Pavlov's dog. We can change that gradually if we want to by kind of shifting our eating times or, or not being as consistent. We can kind of shift away from those, that learned behavior, but at first it's kind of hard, right? The other thing is the rhythm of our blood sugar, especially if we eat something that has processed carbs that'll cause a spike in blood sugar and then we come crashing down, that makes us hungry. But if we do things where we don't have as many blood sugar spikes or we have very slow rises and falls in blood sugar by eating foods that are unprocessed, unrefined, and things that are higher in fat and protein, then we don't get hungry as much because we have a kind of smoother rhythm and flow of the blood sugar. How to deal with hunger? Well, I spent a few minutes talking about mindfulness because it's such an important topic, such an important skill and and kind of concept as it relates to hunger. So I shared a few thoughts about that. Well, mindfulness is basically just paying attention to your thoughts, your emotions, your body, anything that you're feeling or anything that's happening inside of you. Just paying attention to that. A few key phrases that are helpful to me sometimes is to remember that you are not the voice in your head. You don't have to be a slave to it. You can simply observe the dialogue. You can observe it without judgment. And your thoughts and emotions are suggestions. They're not rules. You don't have to act on them. You can take them or you can leave them. And if you just kind of observe things, you know, thoughts, they come and they go. And then you can move on to the next thing. When it comes to dealing with hunger, on a normal day when you're just eating your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Try to eat unprocessed, unrefined foods higher in fat and protein, and you won't get hungry as often or as soon, and you'll have fewer cravings because you won't have as much fluctuation in your blood sugar. That's the main reason. Also because of those satiety hormones that are stimulated by the fat and by the protein. When you're fasting, there are three main things you can do to deal with hunger, any sort of sensation of hunger. Start by observing. Start by paying attention. Notice what's going on in your mind and your body and what kind of emotions you're having. And as you observe, whatever it is, it will probably soften and may gradually fade away. If you still feel hungry after doing that for a while, try some electrolytes, get some extra salt, like a bullion cube, for example, and then wait a little while. If you still feel hungry, then go ahead and use some training wheels, be it chia seeds, pecans, olives, whatever it may be, And I have some suggestions about that on my quote-unquote dirty fasting cheat sheet, which you can find at fastingwell.com slash dirty. So hopefully some of that info was helpful as it relates to dealing with hunger. So one thing I want to recommend for you is to kind of review some of this information either on the blog post that I mentioned at the beginning or just by listening to this again and really think about how you can put it in practice. So again, the blog post, there's a link in the episode description. But I think a good way to start would be to simply make a goal to practice for one minute every day. And when I say practice, I mean practice paying attention to your mind and your body. So set a reminder, or you can use hunger as a reminder whenever you happen to start to feel hungry. But whatever it is, set a reminder, and when that that reminder comes, 
stop whatever you're doing, start paying attention to your mind and your body, and just notice, just notice some things. Have a kind of an attitude of curiosity. What's going on? What can I discover right now as I pay attention? And I think as you do that, you'll start to develop a little bit more of a skill that you can use to deal not only with hunger, but with other other maybe un, unwanted thoughts or emotions and things that come, and just kind of have a little bit more skill at just noticing them without getting caught up or lost in those thoughts. Okay, so I hope something that I shared was helpful. I think it will be if you, if you really take a moment to kind of consider some of those thoughts and strategies that I shared, both the, the mindfulness skills as well as the practical strategies of what to do when you feel hungry when you're fasting. I think it'll be pretty useful and make it a little easier to get through your next fast. So happy fasting, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Fasting Well podcast. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.